Towards Draymond Green. Green to the basket. Kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three. Bang! Clay Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead turn into a six-point deficit. Yo, 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 guys, what is up? And welcome back to the latest episode of the Game Seas Clay Podcast. It's your boy Gotham with just one boy today. We got, uh, we're missing our in-house Chuckster, Charlie Cummins, Clay Thews 11, our uh, in-house film guy and just overall dope dude. Chuck, listen to this one. Uh, we miss you, man. Uh, hope you, hopefully you're holding down the fort on this work shift. But Matt, what is up, my brother? Welcome back. Uh, we got we got a we got a dynamic duo in the house tonight to break down games four. Um, what's look coming? But before we get into it, um, how you doing, brother? How's it? Doing good, man. We haven't done a we haven't had a two two person pod in a yeah, long time, yeah, it's man. Been, it's, it's been uh, a minute since a two person one. Chuck um, will be missed. Chuckster, we're thinking of you, man. Um, hope you're having a good time at work, and hope when you're listening tomorrow, maybe during your shift, uh, we can uh, keep you busy, man. And hopefully, hopefully get some laughs out of Chuck. Um, everybody else listening, um, this is going to be a fun one. Um, the you know we've it's we, the last recorded game two. Um, you know the series was a much different state. One one coming back home. Um, I think you and I and Chuck, um, all three of us were were pretty confident on a uh, a Warriors take uh, taking care of uh, business at home. But I don't know if that's exactly how it play. I mean, they obviously took care of business, but I don't think it's how we. Uh, how we would have thought. What were your thoughts? Um, just overall, I mean, game four, especially, but um, a little bit about game three as well. Like just, you know, seeing um, just those two home games, um, obviously Warriors take control of the series three, one, but um, game four, game three, um, just the entire, entire take, Matt, give us uh, give us what you feel. That was as unpleasant of a basketball game as I've watched in a really long time. Um it was stressful. It was really ugly. Uh, it would probably went exactly how, if you're a Memphis fan or a Memphis analyst, how you would have wanted it to go. Memphis just really just an ugly game that had no flow to it. Um, fortunately, it was not the foul fest. The last few games have been, but just a really ugly game. But also, I felt like that was a must win game. And I feel like if they had lost that game, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, jaws out and who knows, but job you, played. you go to two, go back to Memphis that's going to be a ruckus crowd for sure. I I think that was a must-win game. And, you know, to, to be behind for 47 minutes and then pull away the last, you know, whatever it was, 60 seconds, 70 seconds. Uh, shout out, Steph. We'll get to him in a sec for just pulling away. Uh, that was absolutely huge. But, again, I, I tweeted something afterwards. I just don't ever – I wish I didn't watch that game <laughs> because it was stressful and it was it was horrifically ugly. Uh, but, Gotham, I know you have some thoughts, man. Go. Dude, yeah. Um, just the overall homestand before getting game four. Um, obviously, game three was splendid to watch. Um, just, you know, Warriors offense at its peak, just making shots, um, defending on the other end. Um, kind of kind of a glimpse of what this team can be um, when they're clicking on all cylinders. 140 points, amazing. But speaking of last night, um, I'm honestly on the other side. I love last night's game. Like, awesome, it was, it was <laughs> fantastic. the definition of a grinded out, uh, prove your championship like metal game, and yes, watching it in per like during like real time and uh, going through it, it was uh, nerve wracking, um, annoying. Like, uh, but it felt like the Warriors were right there, and I think uh, I, I think Charles Barkley said at halftime, it, it felt like the Warriors were kind of just you know going through the motions, taking that first shot that 
Um, the first open shot you're getting, kind of the same stuff we saw in game two um, in Memphis, which obviously they didn't uh, take care of business there. But it just felt like, you know, they were able, they were defending well. Um, they were forcing the Grizzlies into shots that they could live with. And uh, to give the Grizzlies credit, they, they you know, they, they held the lead for 47-15. But um, obviously had the Warriors at the end there. But um, I, I overall, I loved, um, obviously winning was amazing, but just the way the Warriors battled with everything they gone through with Kerr going out with COVID, uh, Mike Brown stepping in, and obviously the tragic passing of Adrian Payne, Draymond's uh, Draymond's college teammate. And you could hear from uh, from the guys, like it was just a weird, weird day to be around in the organization, in the locker room. Um, so to then start the game over 15, come back, um, and still pull out a win. And that's and at the end of the day, man, playoff basketball is all about getting, getting to four wins in a series. And it doesn't really matter how you get there. Um, and it was kind of cool to see like the like the microcosm of what the Warriors are and can be in games three and four. Like game three was amazing, clicking on all cylinders. You know, you're kind of a, you're kind of riding high off that. And then game four, the Warriors proven that they can win a tough one. Um, it uh, it I'll get into the media takes um, you know later in the later in this episode. But um, personally, I thought it was uh, it, it really reinforced my belief that the uh, that the Warriors got got a very very good chance to win it all this year. It was definitely a game that championship quality teams need to win. Uh, and like you said, it's a horrible day overall. You know, you gotta with with anybody passing away, it's gonna yeah, rest, rest it's in gonna, peace, Adrian. One hundred percent. Shout out to um, that'll have effects well beyond, you know, basketball, of course, and within the game, of course, that's your, that's many of these guys escapes their outlet. So um, a lot of the ways, you know, especially Draymond, whatever he's going through, you gotta, you gotta feel for him. So it makes sense that the game was mucky, but like you, like you were saying, man, um, I did not enjoy watching the game, but I get what you're saying. And as again, I think if you're a championship team, that's the kind of game you gotta win. Uh, ugly game. Warriors cannot I think twice check 23 or 24% from three. Uh, a lot of clean looks. Charlie uh, Chuckster had our uh, had a really sweet thread earlier just about the looks the Warriors were getting. So guys, check that out. But um, a lot of good looks. A lot of just the the process was good. The results were just bad. But you got to give it to them. Uh, fighting it out. That's huge. And it really was between Game Three and Game Four. A tale of two different games. But uh, two wins are two wins. And going to Ooh. Memphis uh, to take out a team on their home floor, and you know you know this Warriors team wants to win that game. Yep. Uh, they got taken out in in Chase last year in front of their home crowd. The Warriors did. You know they're going to be uh, fired up to take Memphis out uh, at FedEx FedEx that, Forum. Man. Is that what it is? FedEx um, Forum. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's what I forgot about. I, I tried to wipe that plane from my memory. But that's hey, ugly point. game, ugly game. But I think uh, just it's going to be a fun game. I do want to touch on a couple things. First of all, I have our little notes here. Otto Porter uh, oh, Jr. Man. We got to commend him. We got to commend Andrew Wiggins. Um, those two guys are, I mean, Otto Porter can't move well enough to play anything, you know, below four at this point in his career, but uh, he's a good four. He's a oh, good yeah. four. He's, his, this team is five sometimes. And he and Wiggins are, they have saved this series with their hustle and they need to be commended as, as frequently as we can remember, they need to be recognized for it because they have saved the absolute hell out of the series. Wiggins Oh, my God, man. On the boards. This guy is he's getting grabbed and held in Memphis. You're watching these big guys who Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, Tillman before he was uh, out of the rotation. They don't know what to do with them down there. They're they're doing what they can to keep him off. He's getting fouls. He's getting tip outs. Same with Porter's machine, man. 
Dude, that guy, it's, it's insane that like this Andrew Wiggins and is is somebody whose work ethic was questioned or like love for the game. Like the way, like you said, man, the way this guy is also, I, I think I tweeted it out after game two or three, um, but Andrew Wiggins has been the MVP of this, um, of this series, in my opinion, um, for touch on Porter. But like, like you said, man, just the hustle, the extra possessions and, you know, the Warriors against a physical Grizzlies team just throughout, throughout the series like that those like you said like they've saved the series for the Warriors um but yeah Otto Porter like you really got to give to the guy I mean just the you know the, a lot of talk has been made on um you know Otto's plus or minus has been amazing I think this series um uh, but his shot's just not been there um it's not been there for a while but I think before the playoffs we just started he was struggling um and to just find be able to knock down those big shots in the third and just uh, keep the Warriors afloat in that fourth in the beginning um he won they, they lose that game if he does if not he does, shoot like he, he does in the fourth quarter if he doesn't hit if he misses any one of those threes that he hit it's the i don't know if the warriors complete that comeback but um gc you, you got to give it to like hustling on like you said hustling rebounding and then to you know knock down the open shots on a night where the three best shooters on the court couldn't um knock down anything for in that first half and i like oh for, for 10 man like that you're not we can't it's it's, it's insane how often we've said it this season, but the Warriors this year, especially are the epitome of live by the jump or die by the, or live by the three, die by the three. And um, last night they, they, they proved that, you know, they could die by the three and still win it. So um, kudos to, it was a, it was just a very overall, just a team gutsy win. Um, and like you said, these are, these are the wins that championship teams um, get done. Um, these are ones that for guys like Wiggins, uh, Poole, Kuminga, like these kind of these young guys that are, you know, first time in the playoffs, um, which I think we overlook sometimes, but obviously the core has their championship uh, caliber pedigree or whatever, but these young guys, it's their first run too. So, you know, to be in these kind of games and, you know, you know, rally on the back of your, of your superstars, um, it's just a growing experience. And, you know, we got two more series, you know, one more game out of this one, but, you know, two more after this to take care of as well. So it's just experience that's going to be vital down the stretch. It is just crazy because the story of the year was, or the, one of the biggest gripes of the year, I should say, from Golden State fans, uh, players a little subtly as well. Kerr himself was the size. Uh, the Warriors not getting some size at the deadline. Um, and it's too early to save that bison in the ass still. I mean, next round, it's going to be Aiden. Yeah. Following round, if the Warriors uh, get there, it's going to be it's going to be Giannis. It's going to be Embiid. Uh, potentially either of those two guys, if Boston doesn't come out, it could be Bam. Um Andrew Wiggins, there there aren't very many power forwards left though who can punish the Warriors for playing small, and a lot of a lot of Memphis, um, you know, sports sports talkers. That's not a word, right? Uh, Chris Vernon, for example, right with mismatch, uh, he is diehard Memphis guy. I like him a lot. He's got a lot of good stuff to say, but he was kind of saying, "Hey, the Warriors playing small plays into the Grizzlies' strength." And because the Grizzlies have Jaron Jackson, he's awesome. Jaron Jackson was awesome yesterday. He didn't shoot very well, but he was an absolute force uh, defensively. There's there's not a team in the league that can quote unquote downsize to match Draymond Green at the five, uh, and especially not when Wiggins and Porter are rebounding and uh, tipping out every single shot. It feels like. Um, the offensive boards, the, you, you can't punish a team like that. And Draymond is just the ultimate. You can't play small with this team. Uh, and again, Giannis at the five will be the one thing that, you know, we'll see. And Embiid obviously can play with anybody, but I just, it's been incredible to watch these two guys really get after it. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, like there's a lot, there's a lot more big men left in this field, um, specifically DeAndre in the next one, but Memphis, 
you know, the, the reinforcing part about, you know, the Warriors success, especially with just these hustle plays and creating more possessions is uh, Memphis was the best rebounding team in the league. Um, and I don't know uh, the exact number, how, what the difference was, but um, you can see why, like they're a physical young team that um, the like the guys have said it all, all throughout these, uh, this, this series that their, their real game starts off a missed shot. Like they they rebound, they push the pace, um, you know, obviously without Jai out there, it's a, it's a little bit harder for them to score, but defensively they've got extra length out there. So if the, I, I, it just reinforces that confidence that, you know, if the Warriors are able to generate even, you know, four or five of these extra possessions that they're getting and they're winning the rebounding battle pretty, like pretty, I think all, all four games so far, um, which is insane. So I, it just, it just reinforces. That is crazy. That's why we can pause. Like, you, that, that is if that you is, asked us for hot takes, like we we would have gotten flamed for saying the Warriors would have won the rebounding game, all four games. The Warriors yeah, so haven't far. played a basketball player over six foot eight in the series. Not one. And you're telling me they're Al Hustlin, Brandon Clark, uh, Jaron Jackson, obviously Stephen Adams for one game really. But um, with that Memphis size, like it presents, uh, it allows the Warriors to honestly play into their defense, where you're you're letting you know Kyle Anderson beat you. You're letting you know, Tyus Jones take threes, um, Dylan Brooks, God bless him. Um, shooting every fucking shot that you want. Like every time that ball went up, you know, you might, I mean, Steph hit those shots on the clutch, but I might give my VP might be Dylan Brooks, man. He just, uh, he really, he really showed why the Warriors kind of lost, um, lost out by getting him, getting him suspended for a game. So, um, it's just the, it, the, the overall with the Wiggins and the hustle, like it just shows that, you know, I think that going forward, the Warriors are proving that, you know, the size is not, I mean, it might be an issue and it, I'm sure it will be down the stretch, but, um, it's not something that they're afraid to, to shy away from. And, you know, you got to give all the credit to Wiggins, Porter, um, Kuminga, whoever's, whoever, everybody that's been stepping up, even like Steph, Clay, Poole, like everybody's rebounding. So, um, Jordan Poole's grabbing boards, man. I don't, I don't yeah. know how the numbers right in front of me. I feel like it's got to be five or six boards a game. This is a guy who I'm pretty sure during the regular season was averaging two or three. Yeah, like Clay had nine boards in game one or two, one of those. Um, like it was insane. And like, so I think it's, it's obviously been an emphasis. Um, you know, that being said, speaking of our boy Clay Thompson, he is now, and you know, we are the games he's Clay Pod, always will be. Um, Clay Thompson, our namesake. Um, we love him. We're going to change but, our name to the game four Porter pod soon, man. <laughs> but uh, speaking of clay, man, uh, he, his shot's been struggling and a lot of it yesterday in particular was more so missing looks that you were normally accustomed to clay hitting like game two, I feel like was uh, clay forcing the issue and, uh, you know, kind of hijacking the offense. But yesterday, like they weren't good shots uh, in terms of like, you know, generating like great looks but they were open and like good looks that you, 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 you're accustomed to Clay in those. And for him to go over seven on, uh, you know, on threes and I mean, to, to all to his credit, he made, he made big shots down the stretch. Um, he hit that one, that corner jumper off the inbounds, which was amazing. But um, how, how concerned are you with Clay's, which is, I, I can't believe I'm asking this question, man. Like, how concerned are you with Clay's jump shot? Um, what? It's not, it's <laughs> never, ever the jump shot, man. It's the, so I don't, I don't agree with the good shots part of this. So I don't, I think Clay's either leading the team or he's second in field goal attempts. Second's somewhat okay. I, I just, I'm going to keep saying this. Jordan Poole needs to be taking more shots than Clay and probably close as many shots as Steph. And it's got to be those two. Then I don't know if there needs to be a severe drop off, but. Those two kind of need to be taking most of the shots, unless 
it's clay taken. And we talked about this last week, so we don't need to, uh, you know, beat a dead horse here, but it's just the guy's pressing. And we've talked about this before and it's gotta be, it's, I'm sure it's so hard. You know what I mean? To be, to be out there, especially in a game where everybody's struggling and kudos to him for going for it. Cause that's, that's clay Thompson mentality is like, Hey, no one else has it going. I'm going to try and get it going. And that's something that can frustrate fans about Steph sometimes um, is that maybe he's not always going for it in that way. Uh, if he had clay's mindset, Steph's putting up 45 a game. That's fantastic. Uh, it's just the shot selection. You know, it's just, he's, he's putting up 20 shots a game and a game where pool is putting up 13 or 14. Um, and he's taking these just when they fall, they look great. You know what I mean? But he's shooting yeah. like 30% from the field and 20% from three. And it's not cause he can't shoot. It's not cause maybe he's tired. I don't know, but it's just, I think if this guy is doing what clay does best, which is clay is the no dribble assassin, right? That's what he does. He's, Stop, stop putting the ball on the floor. My guys, my, my thing, man. And it's not, they're not ever going to close without him. And I don't think, I don't think they should. It's just a matter of there's going to be times where if he's doing this stuff and Porter's playing as well as he is and pools rolling and Wiggins is rolling. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's not again, the threat of clay. So this is also a point I wanted to hit, right? Somebody, uh, was Haral Bob Vulgaris? I think he's a former Mavericks exec. He's like a gambling aficionado. Um, nice. God knows hoop okay, but he said that Clay was worse than Brooks the other night. And I don't, Clay shot the ball horribly. He should took a lot of dumb shots. But the thing with Steph and Clay is that when they're bad, just by being on the floor, though. Yeah, exactly. Clay was horrible. Clay's been horrible. He's still somehow a plus in this series. And it's because as an offensive threat, the Warriors get looks. So I think in that sense, they'll always roll with him out there because he's just going to create looks for other people. But he's got to be, he's got to be coming in third or he's got to be taking the shots that Clay Thompson's best at taking. And I'm not, I think we're always going to ride with Clay, right? He's, he is the namesake of the podcast. Um, But the guy's got to, it's got to be toned down with the, with the dribbles. He's got to dribble the ball last night. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I want to, I want to clear up my my question. Um, I, I was uh, the good the good shots. I meant they were getting open shots. Uh, they weren't good shots. So like the shots that you're accustomed to Clay hitting. Um, obviously, you know, two years two years gone and two significant injuries. But um, you, I think you hit it right on, man. Uh, we covered it in the last pod, and I think we all said that um, you know Clay Thompson is the third option on this team. I think, and it's it's hard to. It's def- I'm sure it's hard to accept that in terms of even in the flow of the game where, you know, Clay's used to taking these shots. Like st- the team, like Steph and Draymond are used to Clay taking these shots. And I think um, for Clay, like you said, man, it's just for, like for him to realize that you don't need to dribble like at all. Like you are a catch and shoot uh, savant like this. Uh, there's nothing. No one can do what he does without at, the ball. At the There's not a player and, in the league who can do what he does. And you can see, and like the de- and defenses like respect that. That like you're seeing like the threat, like you said, the threat of Clay, the gravity of Clay is is evident on the court. Like you still always need to have a guy on him. But um, yeah, like it just seemed like he was uh, pressing. And I, I, yesterday, honestly, like they, like I said, there were open looks. So I think a lot of it was you know the team wasn't hitting anything. And uh, like like you said, it's very Clay Thompson-esque move to, you know, get the crowd involved. He hits one of those. Um, like, so I, I, I honestly had no problem with the way Clay played yesterday. I think he played a great game. Um, he hit shots on account. 
um, counted. That being said, like those open looks, um, and we, it was the same problem that we saw in game two, um, and not Clay, I mean, Clay, obviously a big part, but the offense in general, like they're kind of just settling for the first open look. And you heard Steve Kerr say before, after game two and going into game three, like, you know, you don't have, you can generate a great look. And, and the Warriors, like it kind of played into that thing where they were just kind of going through the motions in that first half, shots were falling. So everybody, you know, you trust everybody on that court to make a play at some point. And, um, you know, for Otto Porter to be the first one to hit a three was, was uh, nobody would have guessed that. But um, back to Clay, yeah, like uh, Robert Clay, of course, like there's uh, just the gravity of the guy. And, and I think once, like he saw, like he saw it last in game three, like you just, you said he took like 13 shots or something, had 21 points, um, had like four, three or four threes. Like Clay's, Clay's going to get his, like, I'm not at all worried and, you know, you just know that a Clay Thompson game is coming. For all we know, it might be tomorrow in, in Memphis. But um, just the threat of Clay and just what he's accomplished and what he what he knows he can do and like just that confidence that he still has, you got to ride with the guy. So, as the host of the Game Six Clay podcast, Clay, keep shooting, brother, but just don't dribble. Just don't dribble. Love it, man. Uh, and it's it is coming. There's a there's an avalanche coming at some point. Um, I just don't want this to keep happening in the game where it's in a costume. But I think, yeah. like you said, he comes right in yesterday off the bench. And I literally, I, I tweeted out, man. I said, I don't know if Clay for Porter right now is the move. I think a third of a second pass. And the guy yeah, hits an insanely you, huge jumper, away. man. Uh, I thought it was a three, too. I was like, oh, no way. Yes. Put on no, the it, two, like but it. It, was, it was pure, man. That thing did not hit the rim. That was, that was a... That was a sexy swish right there. Oh, sexy, man. Sexy, sexy swish right there. Uh, Gotham, so we got a couple of listener questions this week. Uh, I'm okay. holding those those guys up right now. Uh, we want to hit those for a second, then hit the game five stuff, and we're making a bringing back our take of the week segment for uh, what's been a really crazy whirlwind of a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a couple questions from Aaron Parsons. Uh, first oh, one, a bit, bit joking. Uh, is everyone in favor of wear, of Steph wearing the purple shoes the rest of the playoffs? Yes. Uh, for yes. those who don't know, Steph rocked uh, to pay uh, homage to uh, Craig Sager, rocks and Craig Sager shoes. Um, awesome gesture, of course. Uh, I thought it was – I'm glad it didn't stir up any controversy or anything, but he took them off at halftime because uh, – or after the third. Uh, the fourth – right before he checked in the fourth. Okay, um, right before he checked in the fourth. Yeah, something like that. Put on those, those purple rain shoes, I guess, and uh, – Steph had 18, there, had 18 in the fourth, had a great game. Um, I'm cool with Steph rocking the, the purple shoes. Rock them, man. They're swaggy to get the job done. If he if it means he's dropping 18 a quarter, um, sign me sign me the fuck up, man. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, you know, you got to wear those things, charge them up, uh, especially if he's in the hit, all the free throws and those things. I don't know what's been oh, going yeah. on. I'll step the line of late, but that was, that was huge. Uh, his next question, though, his more serious question, as he put it. Uh, Aaron, thanks again, man. These are huge. We love having these. Uh, how frustrated were you seeing Kaminga only get five minutes of playing time after starting the game? Uh, Gotham has strong opinions on uh, Damian Lee, so I'm looking forward to to hearing your thoughts here, Gotham. Like I said, man, there's uh, we've uh, we've had enough of the nepotism. Um, Damian Lee should not be out on that basketball court, and to his credit, he made some you know, he made some decent plays um, yesterday. But um, just what like it pissed me off that if Kaminga wasn't playing for say Otto was out there or like some like someone that was bringing something that maybe a Kuminga can't in terms of uh, just experience wise. Damian Lee ain't, is not that guy, man. Like he should, there's no excuse for him running crucial minutes when he's missing open, like open shots. And, um, you know, kind of, it felt like Damian Lee was a part of a bunch of momentum 
potentially momentum swinging plays that just didn't pan out in that second, third quarter. So, um, and Kuminga just with the way this, especially this Grizzly series, with the way this team is built, having young athletic guys, um, especially when the offense isn't flowing and anything like that, JK's proven all season that he's, he's a guy that's going to attack the rim, get to the foul line. If he's open, he can knock down the three. So um, I think just his play style, not even um, my hate for Damian, or not hate for Damian, my, uh, my dislike for his ass play um, and the nepotism. But uh, no, I, I think Kuminga just brought brings so much more to the table, especially in a situation where the Warriors are struggling. Um, I, I just, I, I didn't like not seeing him out there when Damian Lee was the guy out there. Yeah, I understand. I, I get what you're saying. Um, it does feel like, I mean, Damian Lee just is, he's apparently also Mike Brown's. I was going to say Steve Kerr's safety blanket, but both those guys, Taylor, you know, Sacramento, um, but, uh, in a game where the Warriors were not generating offense at all and, they they couldn't get anything going at the rim. I'm just saying, if, if Jaron Jackson Jr. is not in foul trouble in a playoff game, you're probably not doing something right. Um, because the guy should have Jaron Jackson Jr. needs you need to get that guy with three or four fouls by the end of the fourth because there's no there's no reason he shouldn't. And like you said, Kaminga is an absolute foul drawing magnet. He's a menace at the rim, and I he has not. They've been bad when he starts the last few games. Hundred percent, they have not been good, but. Things were not going well yesterday. Anyway, they got the win, of course, but things were not going well. It would have been a cool game to see Kaminga get in there. You've got mm-hmm. – it's actually felt like a time where you could have had Steph, Clay, uh, Poole, and Porter out there and just spread the hell out of the floor, let Kaminga set a screen, and just see what just happens. Yep. Just see what happens, you know. Um, with that being said, Charlie, again, Charlie, shouting out again, man. Uh, another – I forget if it was, just a, it was a thread or just one tweet, but had a little bit of a – uh, some some revealing yeah, moments did, yeah. there talking about coming his effort in the first half and some plays I didn't notice, but he got beat down the floor by Adams um, once or twice. The effort, as Charlie pointed out, wasn't necessarily there. And if you're a rookie, you're not putting the effort in. Uh, I can't, you can't blame a coaching staff. For not and, and, guy, but Yeah. And like, I, I'm just on the Damian Lee thing real quick. Like I, I like the move initially, like I will say like um, just cause you know, there's just another shooter out there. Um, my problem was when after he, uh, after like a bunch of moment, it felt like momentum swinging plays that if he just it makes the play, knocks down the shot, like the the, the tide would have changed earlier. But um, so after those didn't go down, I feel like you know why why are you keeping keeping them out there? But yeah, I, I did see I did see that uh, thread by by Charlie, and um, that's true. I mean, but you know for Kuminga especially, like that was a perfect game for him to get some solid playoff experience. You know, like uh, especially just with the way the offensive son and you know like you said get jared jackson to foul trouble who knows maybe the comeback happens earlier but um yeah aaron shout out for the question uh great great question i think we had it was there another one too there is one more um i do like the idea of starting coming still I, I think again there's there's some upside to it and i think um, i think you gotta start I, you gotta start auto man game five just you gotta you gotta throw them out there um, for the, just close it out for the closeout game you got you put, you. Your, put your best, best five best best five out there I hear it. Uh, we got Brian C. Klinger. Um, Brian, that's an intense profile picture, man. We love <laughs> it. Uh, the Warriors' offensive stagnation we saw over most of the game, most of game four will cost them games in the Western Conference Finals and Finals. Are mental lulls just part of this team's DNA now, or do we expect to see more focused play for the most part? Uh, Gotham, what do you think? Uh, I, liked, I like this question because uh, it's um... – it's kind of a yes and no. Like, yes, it's part of their 
this season's team's DNA. Um, and we've said it a lot where it's just kind of missing shots and settling um, and kind of just playing down to their competition sometimes, um, it feels like. Um, and what was the second part of that question? Does it affect? Uh, second part, yeah, just one question. Just our mental, our mental role is just part of this team's DNA now, or do we expect to see more focused play for the most part? I mean, yes. Like you, you, you can like the second half of game three, there was like three turnovers. I think the second half of yesterday too, they had, they cut down the turnovers a lot. So um, I think when you see this team lock in, um, especially when they need to, um, they have that ability. So are the mental levels going to happen? Yes. Just because I think that's just how they are. But um, I also believe now that they have the ability to kind of just lock in, clean it up when, when you need to get it, when you need to make winning plays. Yeah. I mean, I, First of all, I think the answer is yes. It is built in. I think it's always been yeah. built in, especially with Steph and Draymond. My my first thought is immediately back to Steph throwing the behind the back pass in uh, 2016. 2016. Sorry, man. sorry guys. Um, but it's just turnover talk with the Warriors is really interesting, just because this team generates so many possessions because they play so fast when they're focused on it that it's 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 you got to look at turnover percentage. You got to look at. Um, different statistics they, they are they are going to turn the ball over a lot but they generate a lot of possessions they generate a lot of three-pointers of course and they don't need anybody to tell you that's just they're worth more right you make more threes you're getting more points out of your possessions right um so yes they're gonna keep doing this this team the jordan pool can get sloppy steph can get my god he can get sloppy right <laughs> draymond i think has like a one-to-one um assist turnover ratio right now like he's been bad and i want to talk a little more about that at some point but um yeah, my guy, Brian, I'm sorry, man. This is part of the team, but I think it's just, it's always been part of the team. They've won titles like this before. Uh, and so you got to just roll with it and hope that in the biggest moments, they're making the best plays they can because that's what these guys do. Uh, they're champions, and I expect make winning plays. they're going to make winning plays. Uh, Steph shows up in the fourth quarter tonight. It's a big game. Clay hits big shots. Draymond makes key defensive stops just like he did last night. You know, it's just what they do. And so... Yes, those times are going to come. Yes, it's going to be frustrating. And I have absolutely no doubt it'll cost them a game or two uh, in the next round. And if, you know, things are good the following round, but I anticipate the big plays will uh, outnumber those to the point where they're not going to cost, uh, hopefully not going to cost a title. Um, Gotham, we got got a game five tomorrow in Memphis. No jaw. Warriors coming off a Rockets-esque uh, shooting performance <laughs> in uh, game four. What uh, what are you feeling for uh, next game? It's uh, it's curtains, man. It's it's Clayton closed down in Memphis. Um, tomorrow night, Warriors win this one in five. Um, and I honestly think they win it pretty, not comfortably, but by a decent margin by at the end of the game. Um, like you said, they're they're – they want to end this. Um, they, they know that um, Dallas and Phoenix are in a, uh, hopefully we'll see tonight, but um, what looks like a collision course for seven games. Um, so just to get that extra rest, um, especially knowing that you're going to go up against, uh, you know, a tired, but still lethal either Dallas or Phoenix team. Um, so just to get that extra rest, get, um, you know, this whole COVID stuff too going on, um, you know, obviously hopefully nobody gets another, um, you know, positive test, but um, if, you know, something, you know, knock on wood, nothing bad happens, but you just kind of give yourself a couple extra days. Um, Warriors are older now as well. So I, I think the, the, uh, 
the sense of urgency is there. Um, they know it's going to be a hard game. Memphis is not going to go quietly. Um, they they got they got pride there, even with Jaw out. Um, their home crowd's going to be there. It's going to be tough, but you know we've closed out series in Memphis before. Um, won a championship that year, so I, I got I got good uh, good I got a good feeling about tomorrow. Um, I just think the Warriors have too much. They uh, especially after beating them yesterday. Um, I think they find a way to pull, get it done tomorrow. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I, I think it will be a pretty comfortable win. I think I just don't think this Memphis team can score. And I think Golden State had a really uh, just what's the word I'm looking for, man? Just it, it was an impossibly a, bad shooting game. Out of body, they make, out of they, body experience. They make four or five more threes, which tomorrow I think they'll make at least four or five more um, just from their three guys alone. So I think it'll be a comfortable win. I just don't think Memphis can generate the offense. I'm sure. Uh, it'll be a big fight up until towards the end because it's a they're a they're a ruckus crowd and they're they're a fighting yeah. bunch. Um, but I think we get a Dubs win. But with that all being said, um, we're gonna have to save our takes of the week for the for the tweets, guys. Uh, I think both of us got to got to bounce pretty soon. But um, got them. Big week. Game big five week. tomorrow. Uh, anything to shout out before the uh, before the pot is done. Uh, shout out to Chuck for not being here. Uh, miss you on this one, brother. But um, I'm going to slide my quick take of the week. These, uh, yes. media, these media <laughs> members, uh, national media, talking about uh, why the Warriors should be proud of last night's win, uh, why this like yesterday's win uh, proved that they're not a championship team or whatever bullshit was going on. You guys are just – you guys are so dumb. Um, that was one of the best playoff wins I've seen. Um, gritty, um, proved that you're a championship team. And uh, I just want to—I just want to hold all the receipts. I want to get these on the uh, on the pod so that when uh, when we do hoist that trophy, um, I'm uh, I'm have a field day. But uh, other than that, nothing else, man. Shout out, um, shout out to Dubs, man. Let's get this let's get this series over with. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, you know what? We got a minute left in this Zoom call, man. I'm gonna slide one in as well. Uh, Skip Bayless, man. This guy is on an absolute ah, tear this week. Now I don't want to get on Skip. Lebron. We Steph's know it's a, exactly, man. We know it's a shtick and it's all good. But this guy just is pumping out stuff, man. And the Steph haters pop out. He's saying things like he doesn't know if Steph's uh, tier he's one gotta, star he's yet. More. He's got to prove like more, that, man. Just maybe hey, laugh. One more ring. Uh, one so more shout ring. out to shout out to uh, Skip for uh, for being being a takesman, man. He's he's got it on lock. So uh, guys, yeah. we'll see you probably. Uh, Sometime after Post. game five between uh, series, because we're going to get a dub and finish this one out. So, uh, Gotham, sign us out, man. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening again. It's uh, Gotham and Matt on this episode of the Game Seas Clay Pod, and we'll catch you guys in the Western Conference Finals. Peace. advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference final for the second straight year. They eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Rockets.